Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. And by the way, guys, everyone, Happy New Year. And um, you guys know that this is one of my favorite part of the show is to welcome our guests. Because I know that they're coming with a couple of things I deem very expensive. And they are here to spend that expensive stuff with us. One is time. Time, it is such a beautiful commodity. How you respect time, how you honor time, how you love time will tell me much about you. And the other is the journey. The journey is such a precious, precious commodity. And they're here to come and share that with us because the journey made them who they are today. And so we want to welcome uh, Hoshana to come and teach us so that we can become the best human spirits while we're here on this planet. And she leads us through her wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and insight. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment. Thank you. I'm excited about being here. Excellent. Tell the people how you serve, because I've been trying to tell them to hurry up and become a servant. How do you serve mankind? I like the terminology, how do you serve mankind? Because this thing has is bigger than you and me. How do you serve mankind? Yes, I absolutely love being a servant. And I feel that the way that I serve here on Earth is by being a spark. I feel like I was placed here to just ignite the fire that's already within a person. Also, while doing so, I ignite the fire that's already within me. So just being able to share my journey openly um, when I'm led to share it, and also by letting other people know that life is a journey. It's okay to just be, and it's okay to be authentically you. Because when you're being yourself, and you're in your space, and you're comfortable in your space, but you know, being content but longing for more, when you're in that space, you are actually doing a service by just being you, giving your gifts to the world, being able to give that smile, being able to give that encouraging word, being able to let people know that life is life. And, you know, there's going to be days when you don't feel the best, but still just be you. Feel, heal, process, move on, grow, develop, and be. That is awesome. I tell people the darkness is here to show you the light in you. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a lot of light in you, but you don't know because you've been listening to that program that mom and dad and your teacher and everyone else has been telling you that you're no good. But that situation will show up in your life because it's time to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. One of the customs that we have here is um, uh, we like to start at the childhood. We want to know what happened in that. We call it the family uh, and mom and dad. They kissed you from the hospital. They brought you home. And they are going to begin their thesis to begin to put data into you. And that data is going to guide our lives. But also there are other things that are usually happening around the household that can enter in and sometimes disturb our understanding of things. And that also will help us to make decisions about our life. Introduce us to your family as to what your family unit was like. So I've had a very interesting family, like most people. Um, I grew up with my mom, who was actually adopted by my grandparents. But my grandparents are very special people. Uh, they actually only had one birth child, but they adopted over 35 children. And my mom and my wow. uncles happened to be uh, some of the children that they adopted. So once I was brought into the picture, that's the only family that I knew. So we were always brought up to love, to respect others. There were certain things that, you know, we couldn't say in our household. We were expected to just be diverse people, to just love people in general. So love was instilled with me, was instilled within me from a, from a small child. So once we grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and my grandparents were from Georgia, Southeast Georgia. So they actually migrated back to Georgia when I was five. I don't know why, but they gave me the option <laughs> to either stay in Philadelphia with my mom. Um, she was working at a bank at that time, you know, young mom, get her life together, yeah. and or to go with them to Georgia. And of course, I was a grandparent's baby, so I migrated to Georgia as well. So it was a, a culture shock at first. And I think that is when I first experienced uh, being labeled being labeled as a certain yeah. type of individual and because I was yeah. always just you know getting my way and once I got down here I didn't get my way all the time so it was a <laughs> shock. 
And I had to just begin to um, learn that I wasn't going to get everything in life that I wanted. So that was one of the first lessons that I can remember learning. But within learning those lessons, it also just developed me as a person because I was put in the presence of different personalities to be able to um, just get wisdom from different type of people. Uh, I had 11 grandparents growing up and I called them my wisdom. So I was able to just receive wisdom from my grandparents, my great grandparents, my great, great grandparents in different ways. When it came to my grandmother, it was church, 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 church. So I grew (laughs) up, you know, really religious, but at this point in life, I'm not religious at all, but um, I do have a relationship with God. I do. I am a believer. But a lot of religion and tradition that was instilled within me, I had to question that to see if I really believed it as a person or was it something I was just doing out of just formality. With my grandfather, he never really went to church a lot. So with him, it was fishing, hunting, um, being in nature. And I love to go with my grandfather because it was just something about nature. It was something about the water that still that peace that even to this day, when I go to find my peace, is in the shower or is at the beach or is at the lake. So that's really helped me with meditation, finding my center, um, finding my calm place. So those things in my childhood that I didn't recognize then, such as my beliefs and being strong in my beliefs or with nature that has transcended over into my adulthood has just really shaped me into who who I am today. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that uh, you'd mentioned you're surrounded with love and so forth and nature and the importance of um, church back in the day. And as you said, there's church, and then there's uh, religion, and mm-hmm. then there's a relationship with God. And he, Jesus didn't come here to start a religion. He came to create sons and daughters for his father. And so we are children of God, the Bible tells us. And so I myself, I don't belong to, quote, unquote, a religion, because I don't believe Jesus came to start a religion. <laughs> and so I have a personal relationship with the Father, mm. with my Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's different from the church system, if you will. And uh, we're looking at the result of the church system, and it's not good. So here you are. You grew up with all of this love, as you mentioned, around you. Then you had your uh, grandfather, great-grandfather, and all the others around you. You have nature. You have all of this beautiful stuff. And you also found out the lesson and you began to learn that uh, you are not the center of attention, as you said, Um, and you had to get some things differently. As you are in this space, you're getting all of this loving and all this thing. You said you started falling in love with nature and you have all the wisdom around you. As you are looking at your life and you are looking forward into your nice school now, with all of this wisdom around you, how did you live your life um, as a high school student um, with all the others that are running around, maybe not surrounded with all the wisdom like you are? So uh, one thing I just had to realize when I was a teenager is that I was different. I considered myself what well, at the time I didn't, but now looking back at my teenage years, I was somewhat of a rebel because I would challenge the thoughts of other people because I had a grandfather who would put me outside of that normal thinking, those normal thinking patterns. So it was kind of difficult as a teenager because I was always the one thinking outside the box. Since I had grew yeah. up loving everybody and having different personalities, different races, different religions around me, I understood that everybody didn't think the same. And so being yeah. in certain um, groups in high school where they're like, oh, well, you have to be with this group. You have to be with the popular group. Or if you're with us, you can't be with them. You can't, you know, hang out with the nerds. Or if you're going to be on yeah. the sports team, you have to hang with the people who play sports. And that wasn't me. I was the individual who was okay with everybody. I could relate to everybody in one way or another. And that's why I'm so thankful for my gifts because I have so many gifts. I have uh, just the gift of being able to braid hair, uh, do makeup, uh, being able to organize very well, being able to do public speaking, putting thoughts together that people usually don't put together, just thinking outside the box. So because I had those those gifts, it was just kind of 
difficult sometimes uh, having to explain myself. And at that time, I wasn't capable of explaining myself effectively. You know, sometimes it'll turn into an argument. But at this point, like, you know, I understand that people think differently. I understand that you may not believe what I believe, but the core center of it all is love, respect, understanding each other and taking the time to understand each other so that we can develop ourselves more. Because if we love ourselves, then it's easier to love other people. If we understand ourselves, then it's easier to understand other people. If we grace ourselves, then it's easier to grace other people. So I always look within and look at my lifestyle when I want to uh, be able to understand grace or love another person. But it wasn't it wasn't easy at all points in life. And even with growing up being uh, in a religious family, now in adulthood, I'm like, oh, well, I'm not religious at all. You know, being able yeah. to make that bold statement, being taught that meditation's not a great thing or yoga's of the devil and now I'm just like put me in my center place all that you know <laughs> still has still has me kind of as a rebel as an adult because it goes against all yeah. of the things that I was taught but now I noticed that my family and my friends who didn't quite understand me as a teenager even as a young adult they didn't understand me they're understanding me more because I'm standing in what I believe um, actually practicing what I preach and I'm being who I am authentically. And one thing you can never argue with is growth. You can't argue with, pro- yeah. with progress. You can't argue with actually seeing the product of being able to just be that rebel and be yourself. Yeah, that is the key to life. It's the key to happiness, joy, all of those other different things that you experience when you are in love with self, when you know who you are. Um, the rebels are always those that are questioning uh, because that's what and where growth comes from, Mm -hmm. is from the questioning. And those that don't question will never grow. Uh, Because one of the very first things that one, when uh, the tough time comes, you begin to ask questions. How did I get here? Why do I see this pattern? There's a pattern I recognize. How did I get this? These are the questions that are necessary and the answers are all within you based on your situations that brought you there. And unless you have that conversation with the questions, then you will never, ever grow. And um, the church and people uh, had surrendered because I know when you mentioned that, I kind of chuckled because... um, uh, when I became a Christian back in the 80s, and we were meditation was considered, they would tell you that if you meditate, demons are going to jump inside of you. All, all kinds of crazy stuff I've ever heard. They were so against meditation. And that I blame on the ignorance of the pastors and the teachers because they never read the Bible. If they read the Bible, because I know a lot of them never read they don't read it they wing it because i've been there and i asked them how did you how do you study and they said oh study i just wing it and i'm like my god no wonder the food tastes so horrible and so they didn't understand that meditation was a part of jesus's life yes meditation at that time and in that culture was a part of their culture moses david Abraham, everybody in that culture meditated because that was a part of their cultures and no demon jumped into any one of them. And the church taught all that nonsense because of the ignorance of the pastors and the teachers. The Bible says that those who teach traditions make the word of God to none effect. And so these guys didn't teach the word of God. They were teaching nonsense. And I know I was a pastor. I grew up in all that nonsense. And I would ask them questions to probe them. And we always got into arguments. They argued. I just didn't listen. So here you are. You recognize that you are a little different. And I tell people, when people come to me telling me normal, you need to be normal. I hate that terminology because I believe normal is that invisible fence by which they control all of you guys. We weren't meant to be normal. You were meant to be special, like you, and what you were doing. So here you are. You recognize your specialness, if you will. And the you began to move in that manner. And people, it becomes difficult as you're moving there. 
talk to us about some of those um, beliefs that the others, and we call those beliefs, peer pressure. Peer pressure is simply two belief systems crashing. Uh, one is trying to impose a belief on the other. That's what peer pressure is. So some of those beliefs that you had encountered that the normal folks, if you will, were trying to impose on you that you had to stand up. Uh, what were some of those that you had to stand up and say no? So um, one belief that I really had to wrestle with and within myself first and then be able to verbalize it was about marriage. So, um, of course, when I was considered myself to be a Christian, just really heavy in the church, I thought it was very, very important for me to get married so that I can be in good standing with God. So um, yeah. I always tell people that uh, me and my ex-husband, we got married because, you know, we wanted to be in good standing, even though we knew that we wasn't ready. We were just really good friends, but we were dating and we just wanted to make it right, if that makes sense. <laughs> so we got oh, married yeah, and um, we, it, it, the, the marriage just dwindled to the point where we was just like, we can't do this. And, um, you know, he took his way and I took mine. I remember sitting at my table one day and I was like, okay, God, listen, if I didn't have this Bible, because I'm, I'm trying to go by this Bible, word by word, <laughs> line upon line, precept upon precept, and it's not working for me. I know my relationship with you is real, but if nobody ever showed me this Bible, if nobody ever told me you was real, how would I know that you were real? So I started, um... Yeah. On that day, I just started a journey, and it took. It didn't take me to the to the Bible. It took me to science. So I just started yeah. studying nature. Um, I started questioning everything that I believe, and I canceled out every religious and traditional hmm. concept in my life, and I literally started over. And so, marriage was one of the, those big concepts because I knew the importance of marriage, but even my views on marriage today is a little different. So in that process, yeah. I remember one day saying that God created sex and man created marriage. And oh my God, that yeah. was like the biggest <laughs> outburst of response that I had ever seen on my social media. And I had pastors calling me, <laughs> I had hate mail, I had all kinds of things. God, I'm thinking like, I didn't even know that my opinion was even this important. But um, yeah. I ended up, you know, getting the divorce and, you know, really verbalizing my opinions about the topic. And it just brought me all type of feedback. But I knew in my heart, I said, I never seen uh, the traditional things in the early part of the Bible, the Genesis, you know, the early part of the Bible, the first five books of the Bible is the ones that I yeah. read the most. I said, I didn't see marriage the way that it was presented to me. So I asked God to yeah. give me my revelation about what marriage was. Um, was I to be married because Jesus wasn't married? So am I even to be married? Is this something that I need to do in my life? And and I went into the part of, well, if you desire that you can. So I'm like, okay. So I just had to really unramble my thoughts, um, get a clear understanding of if marriage was something that I wanted and how would it be incorporated incorporated into my life with my relationship with God and with my service and with my purpose here on earth. So I finally got to a point where I'm comfortable in that area, also with the meditation and also with my diet. That was something that yeah. was um, just a big controversy and I didn't understand what the problem was with people being so concerned about what I put in my body. But <laughs> uh, I started practicing or listening to Buddhist teachings and teachings from the Islamic community about health and wellness, incorporating some yeah. of those uh, beliefs into my into my life with diet and just the concept of meditation, using the words energy and light, and that was a big no-no in my culture as well. So just being yeah. able to use yeah. those words. And so when people start seeing the changes, they really wanted to know about what they told me I shouldn't be saying or I shouldn't be practicing or I shouldn't be doing. So those were three areas that really uh, took a turn in life because of my thinking patterns being able to change. Yeah, it's, um, I've been up against many of those forces that you uh, mentioned as far as uh, belief system in the church. It's um, 
they yeah it's it's tough so here you are you've made your decision uh meditation like i said i i meditated um i went actually uh also uh, to some of the buddhist teaching because they brought a different perception and it was perfect it was good for me it fit into mm -hmm. my life and uh, but it never damaged my relationship with god and so um all of these things uh, as far as the uh self love love includes respect for the body i've heard a lot of people talk about self love and they talk about make it sound spiritual but self love also has to do with respect and honor of the body putting the right food the, the right uh fuel to make the body function at its optimum level all of that is a part of loving self mm -hmm. and i look at it different i tell people if i see people that are uh, overweight i said you there is something that you need to deal with within yourself because of how you're seeing yourself i had a pastor told me this thing one time he said when you go into someone's house and the house is a mess they are a mess and he said yeah, i'll never forget that and any time i would go into someone's house or their room i would look at that and based on how that is kept i will know who they are mm -hmm. so it's very important because we um it is seen growth as you said is seen so here you are you are growing how did you bring meditation in your life what was it was it the divorce that caused how did that happen because that's a powerful tool and i tell people meditation is giving the the mind taking your thoughts and slow it down so that you can now choose the thoughts that you want an outcome to manifest what was the incident that caused you to bring meditation in your life so after the divorce i decided to um move out and i started over completely i started over with 37 dollars, my kids and my clothes i went to my mother's mm -hmm. house for six months and i actually lived in her laundry room for those six months until i could just figure out what i needed to do because i knew i didn't want to be in the marriage anymore it had gotten physical uh some domestic violence was involved i'm like okay lord can't do this anymore so what are we yeah. going to do so in that laundry room, I literally was like, listen, here I, I really know that there is a place of peace because I felt this place of peace. I want to get back to that place of peace, but I know that I'm so far in my head, in my thoughts, uh, worried about me that I'm not centered on you. So I need you to help me to get centered on you. And I remember pulling up a YouTube video and it was just um, just water. It was just, you know, one of those meditation videos. And so I was sitting yeah. there. And I literally just was like, I, I want to connect with you. I don't even want to be in this room no more. I need my spirit to connect with you. So I turned it on. And literally in that moment, I just kind of calmed my mind and I figured out how to meditate. And I said, okay, so yeah. now I know that I need, I can slow this down. I know that I'm not talking to myself out loud, but I'm talking to myself within and um, my mind is connecting with my spirit and my body is still. And in, in, in those moments, sometimes I would literally feel my arms lifting and I, I wasn't controlling it. So I said, okay, I understand what's going on. Um, I understand I'm getting closer to you. And I would get in this really still place where I could hear the voice of God. And I was like, okay. That's my connection. What I was told not to do is actually what I needed to do in order for me to figure out me so that I can be who I, who I, who I was called to be. So I always tell people, I am who I'm supposed to be. It's just me deleting or what I say, unrambling all of these thoughts and things that's been in, instilled into me in order to get back to the God me, the person who God actually created me to be. So med meditation just became very powerful. I started actually uh, working out, being able to talk to myself about those eating habits because my issue was anger and frustration and bitterness and pride. That was the things that I needed to release out of me. And when I would get angry or frustrated or bitter or have those prideful moments, I would eat. 
So I was gaining weight. Yeah. I was almost at 200 pounds. And so when I went to the mm-hmm. gym and I was eating, I said, okay, I'm eating for, for a purpose now. I'm eating to live. I'm eating to be here for my girls. I'm eating to be here for my family. I'm eating to fulfill my purpose. I'm not eating for those reasons that I shouldn't be eating. So I just had to be very intentional with my thoughts. I had to be very honest with myself so that I can get into that place of meditation in order for me to discover the best version of me and to connect with God. Yeah, it is the place of power. I tell people, uh, I wrote a book about, I call it the place of solitude. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ and all the sages, you go back to every religion that was started and ever came about, they were in meditation Mm -hmm. and something happened. Muhammad, you go back all the way to uh, the Indian uh, um, religion, all Mm -hmm. of it. It was in meditation. Jesus Christ did um, most of his miracles after he went away, hid himself, and then he came out. And then he was walking on water, all of these different things. Why? Because that's the place that we get in touch with ourselves Mm -hmm. and with power and with light, because we are light. The Bible tells us that we are. And so that's the place. And a lot of people, because, again, I said, the traditions of men, they they steer the people away from meditation, not understanding that it is the force, the power, the place by which we gain our power so that we can become effective servants. I guarantee you, those that are listening to us, you get into that space of meditation. And it's not like crazy like everyone thinks it is. It's right. Once you get there and you begin to learn how to listen, meditation is about listening. As you learn how to listen and control your thoughts and be the gatekeeper of the thoughts that come to you, it is your, you, you can stop it. I would, I remember when I first started, I'd say to my thoughts, not now, just that. And it would stop. And I would go into my meditation and get the answers that I needed so that I can propel my life and move it forward. So here you are, you've learned, you brought meditation, you sat in that closet, you had your conversation, you began to meditate. I also, in my meditations, sometimes I traveled and I had to pull. I remember one time I was taking off too fast and I had to bring myself back because I was moving too fast. In my meditation, I saw um, many things, many revelations I got at that place. So here you are, you're gaining wisdom, you're gaining strength, understanding you. As you're moving through your life, because I want our goal is to walk to the place where you become a servant. As you're moving through life, you recognize that you need to begin to heal inwardly so that you can heal outwardly your body and all of those different things as you're moving through life now you're looking at going out on your own you're out you're at mom in the closet and you're learning all these different things when you looked in that direction what did you say to yourself because you got to say something to yourself in order to get out of that closet Mm -hmm. what did you say to yourself and what were those steps that you took to make it a make what you said a reality? Yes. So the the thing that I say to my that I said to myself that day, I actually still say it today. It's been my affirmation for the last six years. It is I am that I am, and because I am, I can, and because I can, I will. So I continuously say that just to draw me back into a place of knowing that I am. I am everything that I need to be. I am capable of doing everything that I was placed here to do. And I am. I am because God is. So I am. I'm creative because Mm -hmm. he's creative. Everything that I basically need to do on this life, I am capable of doing. So I started building my affirmations on that. And I went on just to kind of line up exactly what I wanted to do in life. And also, as I've progressed through this journey, I've come to the realization, if my affirmations need to change, I have to be humble enough to allow them to change. So I'm not becoming 
the person who's just um, creating everything and putting it all in my hands. I don't want I don't want that responsibility because I understand now that I don't have to have it. So I continue with my affirmations and I am, I am, I am that I am because I am, I can, and because I can, I will. And I want to be successful in my writing. So I said, I am one of the best-selling authors in the world from my book, Unattached. And I uh, travel the world for great pay to motivate people through books, music, and events. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am whole. And I am unconditionally loved by my soulmate. So those are the things that I affirm to myself every single day. And I have a longer version on my wall that I read. And I've noticed that I've just begun to learn it over time. And I've actually begun to just do some edits over time because there's some things that I wanted five years ago that I no longer want. Or there's some words that I put in my affirmations. Now that I have a better understanding, I've tweaked those words to mean something more powerful so that I can manifest those things. But one tool that I use every single day of my life is I talk to myself, I listen to myself, and I grace myself. And those are my daily actions and the key um, and the key tools that I use just to keep me on track. So when I got up this morning and I got ready to take my shower, I, the first thing I did, I was talking to myself. I was trying to figure out, you know, how do you feel today? How do you feel today, Hassandra? Are you happy? Are you tired? You know, are you ready for today? Are you prepared? Just talking to myself and then listening to how I'm talking to myself and gracing myself about those feelings and reminding myself that you're put here to live. You're put here just to be. As long as you are doing what you're supposed to do and being the authentic version of you and you understand your capacity level for the day, it's okay. The day is going to go. You're going to learn. You're going to be able to just be open to who you're supposed to engage with today. You're going to have faith that if you're not supposed to engage with that person, that you're not, that you're going to be the light that you want to see. So I always utilize those tools. Guys, I hope you heard what she said. It's very important. I had to learn the same principles because in my mind, from things that happened in my life, I was the biggest mess up on the planet. And I had to learn how to love me. And I realized that in my journey, there is no one going to speak kindly to me unless I start speaking kindly to me. Yes. And as I started to speak kindly to me, I would get up and say, you know, Ken, and I would have the same conversation. How are you doing? How is your day? What, what is your thoughts on certain things that are before you? And um, I would have these in-depth conversation with myself. As I did my meditation, I actually started my day in my meditation, and that was where I gained, I control, I gained control of my day in my meditation. And then I was able to get up and function. But one must speak to yourself kindly. You deserve to hear kind words from yourself. Don't let people control the narrative about you. You control the narrative about you. Tell yourself how beautiful you are. Tell yourself how kind you are. Talk to yourself, guys. Be honest, and mm. you will see tremendous growth in your life. I mean, it's going to happen at a rate that you will not believe. You'll begin to smile. You'll begin to respect yourself more. You're going to be, things or changes are going to happen to you that you will notice. And then people will begin to notice the change that is happening in you. As you begin to speak to yourself, guide and encourage yourself as you woke up and you begin to move forward. And um, you are in training, as they say, you're eating right. Uh, with all of this swirling around you and you are moving towards your spoken uh, um, decree that you made that you want out of your life. As you began to speak all those things, how did you begin? Because I tell people when you, your words are doing exactly what God's words did in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 1. Let there be light. Mm -hmm. You and I are creators just like him. He said, I am created in his image is likeness. I can call things that are not as though they were, just like he, because he gave me that I am, like you said, I am. And because I am, I can call and speak to it just like he. 
mm-hmm. and it will manifest. And that's what you guys have to do. I've known that, quote unquote, people in Christendom don't understand that principle and don't get anything. I know people that are what you would call devils and mean and whatever, understand that principle and get everything because they understand that they're a creator. So as you begin to speak, talk to us about your world. As you begin to speak, let there be light and it begins to formulate. As it begins to formulate, how did you begin to respond to the formulation of your words? Yes. So um, sitting in that closet, that laundry room, and just speaking those (laughs) affirmations, of course, a lot has happened in these last five years. And I made a seven-year plan, and I'm on my sixth year. So just speaking what I wanted has actually manifested and has grown me as an individual. So one thing that I wanted to do is just to speak life into myself. So, of course, I've just developed as an individual in my mind, my body, and my soul. So uh, my thought patterns have changed. Um, with my soul, I'm more confident in who I am as an individual, and I feel like my soul is anchored. I am confident about my relationship with God. And then, of course, in my body, just being more healthy. When it comes to my businesses, another thing that I wanted to uh, create was an actual business. I had that hustle mentality where I just, it was like, you got to hustle, you got to hustle, you got to get it, you got to get it. But now I understand that the only thing I have to do is obey and uh, be aligned. So that hustle mentality is continuously just disappearing out my life. If I feel like I'm overdoing it, I just have to tell myself, be aligned. I wasn't created to do all this work. Like Jesus didn't do all this work. (laughs) So you don't have to do all this work either. And his name is great. So just calm down, relax, stay in your meditation mode. Keep your people who's supposed to be around you, those 12 disciples. Just keep those people around you that's supposed to assist you with the understanding that they have their own visions as well. And that they were put here to assist you, but don't expect them to be perfect. And that's where love comes in. And then understand that you have to go to the multitude. You have to go to the world and be able to say what has been placed in you to say. So I do that through my businesses. I have uh, two businesses, actually three businesses. I've been doing hair since I was 14. Like I said, that was a gift. I utilize that, but I don't just do hair. Like I'm actually counseling the woman as I'm doing it. I'm amplifying the way that she views herself. So it's always rewarding for me to be able to create a hairstyle on a woman and she can walk out with her head held high just a little bit or, you know, walk a little taller or a little stronger because of something that my hands did because of that gift. Also in that time frame, I have just expanded on my gifts of organizing. So I have my business, Don't Overthink Me, LLC where I do life consulting with clients and just help them to organize their thoughts because all of us have problems, but everybody don't understand how to solve their problems. So I just use that gift of being able to think outside the box and say, okay, this is the problem. What are you thinking we should, what what are you thinking is the solution? And then utilizing their thoughts to not um, be manipulative because I hate a manipulative life coach. So not being manipulative, but guiding them to what they desire in a unique way of just customizing those plans of actions and then helping them to execute them and giving them those resources as well. And from the divorce coming out of that, I established my nonprofit, which is called Manifest a Deliverance. It's called MAD. So just that angry term of being mad and reverting that into a positive light of getting mad the right way. So just creating that as well. And then from these resources and things that I use to better myself, every single um, ministry or nonprofit that assisted me on my journey to just reestablishing, I either now partner with them through my nonprofit or I sit on their nonprofit board. I remember with getting that divorce, I went through Georgia Legal Services here in uh, Glen County, and now I'm a Glen County advocate for Georgia Legal Services, and I sit on the board for Georgia Legal Services for the state. So all of those things work together for my good, and I have that testimony of just being able to create 
people actually seeing, okay, she went through this really nasty divorce and now <laughs> she's helping people to see, you know, how they can get a divorce and how they can get it for free if they're not able to, you know, afford a divorce. And then going through my finances, starting over with $37 and my children, releasing that pride, going back home to mama, you know, sleeping in that yeah. laundry room for those six months now establishing a place where you know my children are they can have their own room because they they really battled with me through that whole situation even through my personal changes just being able to see me evolve as a woman and saying hey y'all work with me I know I taught y'all this but I taught you wrong so let me give you another way of thinking and actually allowing them to process those thoughts and understanding that their children they have emotions and they have things that they have to work out as well. So just being able to create that relationship with my children as well. So just being able to create, period, that's kind of what I have created, a healthier home, um, successful business, a successful nonprofit, and just a new face to the community that says, hey, I went through it, I did it, and you can too. And that's how I service as well. That is excellent. Uh, we go through so that we can comfort those with the comfort that we have been comforted with yes and that is the purpose of the journey is that we become comforters to people and um i always tell people guides uh people use the coach terminal uh the terminology coach but i prefer guys as you said a guide is the one to uh just uh, make you aware of who you are mm -hmm. and as they make you aware of who you are usually it's a question they'll ask and that question will allow them to, they'll ask you some series of questions. And this question is to locate you. Where are you? Jesus said, uh, there's this man that is at the pool, the store of the man at the pool, and he's sitting there for years. And uh, Jesus comes up and says, hey, what are you here for? And he said, well, you don't you know? You know, the angels come, touch the water, and all this type of stuff. And Jesus says, so do you want to get healed? <laughs> I thought, what a powerful question. He's been there for years. Let's walk about it. He's been there for many years. And uh, Jesus had to locate him. He could have been satisfied where he's at. Mm -hmm. He could have given up. All of these things. And so Jesus had to locate him. And he did it by a question. Do you want to be healed? And that man said, yes. Bless mm -hmm. you. He said, yes, I want to be, be healed. And when Jesus located him, Jesus was able to guide him and so that he can get his healing. And he had a story to tell, but God had to locate you. And the, that uh, uh, guide also has to locate where you are. And they'll ask a series of questions. And once they locate you, then they know the question that you don't even think you know what to ask. They will ask that, and you will have this look in your eye because your perspective is beginning to shift from darkness to light, from weakness to strength. That quick, and before you know it, you have, you're a new person. And so that is the process, guys, that happens. And I suggest that you, I know that Roshana talked about her list. I have a list of 300 things confession. The principle is simply this, ask and it shall be given, yes. period. That's it. So the list, the scripture says, write down the vision, make it plain so that those that are hearing and reading it will be able to lodge into themselves and become real. That's you. Write it down because what it does is helps you to clarify exactly what you want in this life while you're here you are gifted you came with gift you're special you're one of a kind the bible tells us that the holy spirit breathed into the man and he became a speaking soul one of a kind you have a gift that soul is god's gift to you you are one of a kind when you leave this planet there is no one else here we have businesses in this planet that are making billions of dollars on your uniqueness, but you don't even know that. Mm -hmm. Fingerprint, voice recognition, face recognition, 
all of these things are specific to the individual. And that's how entire industries, the police department, all of it is designed. Facebook uses it. Law enforcement uses it. Your uniqueness, you are precious, guys. Don't allow no one to tell you other, uh, differently. So here you are, you a servant. And we talked about the place of a servant when you get there. Invite us to one of those um, guidance, if you will, when you're having conversation with someone that has been spinning in the wind for a while. And you're sitting there and you begin to talk to them. And you began to ask the questions and you located them and you began to usher them into their newness. Invite us to one of those conversations and tell us, because I, I tell people that is one of the most sacred time, one of the most sacred things you will ever see in your life is one one transitions from darkness to light. You see joy, you see tears, all kinds of expression happen when that person gets it. Invite us to one of those um, opportunities, if you will, as you dealt with someone and you helped them to see the power that is them. Yes. So um, I've noticed with a lot of my clients that it's being comfortable in that space. So one thing that I like to do is when I'm getting ready to ask them those questions is to let them know that I'm human as well. So you know that we're yeah. we're all here. It's a continuous process. And also giving them that option or putting it in their mind. This is this may be how I did it, but we can tweak it. We can customize yeah. it to fit your journey because this is your journey. Your experience wasn't my experience, but there's one thing that we have in common, which is the common goal of being successful and being a better version of ourselves. So just sitting down and just gracing them, letting them know this is a safe place to just speak to me and answer those questions in an authentic form. So that's really how I start any type of session. But there is this uh, one particular session that I had, and the key was so simple. It was so yeah. simple. It was literally getting out of their head and uh, finding a, a place to say, I want to do what I want to do, and it's okay. So when I was in that space with them and I was talking to them about just being okay and using, utilizing the word no, we practiced the word no. The whole session, I asked them questions. Is this what you want to do? Is this what you want to do until they was comfortably? So talk to us about that, uh, it being simple. You said it was very simple, that particular incident that so you had. The simplicity in that conversation was that they needed to understand how to say the word no. Their yeah. issues were basically coming from just being a yes person, just saying yeah. yes yes to everything and not really just peeing in on their God-given right to say, no, no, I don't yeah. want to. So that whole session, the only thing that we did was practice saying no. So we role-played. We role-played through a lot of that session and I gave them scenarios that they had spoken to me about their life and I played them back and we talked about call and response. And if you don't want to do something, say no. If you can't do it in that moment, be verbal. Let them know, I can't do this right now. This is of a priority. I'm tired. I've worked 16 hours. So no, I can't come support you tonight. I have to get up and I have to work in the morning. Saying no, because one thing that they recognized about me was I never have an issue with saying no. I always, or I'll tell people, I can't right now, or let's do it at another time, or I can't do this, but I can do this. I may not be able to come but I can support in this way because at the end of the day, it's important for me to have that self-love to know my capacity levels for that moment. And I learned yes. that through uh, actually experiencing vertigo. And if you know anything about vertigo, when you have it, it has control over yeah. you and just kind of grips you in that moment where you can't move. And I, I had vertigo really bad for a season in my life. And I was used to saying yes, and I had to learn to say no. So it strengthened my power with saying no 
even to people who I truly love, like my mother and my children. So I was able yeah. to practice that tool. And about six months later, I was teaching that tool. And so yeah. just being able for her to open up and come from darkness to light with that little word of no, that simple word has literally changed her life to her being able to just practice and um, plan and line up her day to her capacity levels with the understanding that life happens. So even if it has to change, just be okay with that but be the authentic version of you every moment of the day. Amen. Uh, Jesus had to, setting boundaries is very important. Jesus did uh, the same. He said, you guys stay here. I got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, going up, I'm going up in the mountain over there. You stay over here. <laughs> so he had to separate from his closest uh, team that he had because there's, it's important boundaries is important for you it's also important for the individual it is where you reclaim your your uh, authority if you will so it's very important and all you guys all all the women that are listening that are going through some divorce and going through pain and all the other things that life causes and bring to us i have a guide that is here and is pretty good and equipped because she's gone through some stuff. She told you where she stayed for six months. And I know many of you are not even in a closet. Um, I know that uh, many of you living in beautiful homes, but here is someone that has gone through some stuff and understands those pitfalls, those questions, those dark things that have caused you pain, those dark beliefs of, you know, less than. And so I have someone. Uh, Shonda is going to, I'm going to provide all of her stuff for, for you guys to gain access to her. I need you to gain access to her. Get into her uh, store, get in, get her book, get all the things that you would need. Because I tell you, within those books are words and words are alive. And we know that for sure because we had, and I forgot the scientist's uh, uh, name is Japanese that the gentleman that put words on uh, on water, and we saw the power of words, how it affected the water, the mm -hmm. molecule. So words have power. And I have someone that understands the power of words and that is able to guide you from darkness to light. Shanda, thank you so much for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Not